Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we can call you our Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. We thank God for the gift of life. We thank God that he has given us another 24 hours to work the works of him who has called us. Whilst we are in the day season of our life, whilst the master is at the wedding banquet, because we know not the time nor the hour when the master would return and ask for an account. May he find us faithful when he comes. So for the past two weeks, we have been looking at a topic we titled Walking with the Father. And we have been having discussions with God through the pages of scripture about what it means to work with the Father and how we can practically work with the Father. And we got this idea from Genesis chapter 5, verse 22 to 24 about this special and unique man called Enoch. And all that we know about Enoch was that in Genesis 5, verse 24, that Enoch walked with God about 300 years and he gave birth to sons and daughters. And in the verse 24, he said that Enoch walked with God and he was not for God had to kill him. <laughs> and we are looking at what does it mean to walk with God? And we started last week or last week by saying that the first thing you need to walk with God and the first thing you need to have any form of a new relationship is to start from the point zero. So no matter how old you are, as long as you have not been educated and you want to start this journey of education, you don't start from PhD level, nor do you start from the secondary school level, nor do you start from the university. No matter how old you are, if you need to start this journey of education, you must start from crutch or nursery or preschool. Then you go to primary, then you go to secondary, then you go to wherever, the next and next. So even if you are 30 years old, and as long as I've made that decision that, okay, I want to come to school, they can't say, oh, because you are 30 years old, start from secondary. You must start from zero. And it's the same thing that if you need to work with God, God needs to take you to the point zero, the point of brokenness, the point where you know that all you are and all you have is God's. And this is why no matter how old Moses was and what Moses had achieved and who he had become in life, immediately Moses accepted the call of God over his life. God needed to relocate into the wilderness. God was like, Papa Moses, I know that you are skilled in all the knowledge and the literature of Egypt. You are well vexed. You have dexterity in all these things. But as long as I've accepted that there is more to the people of Israel than in being in slavery, and I've accepted to say yes to the call, I need to take you to the wilderness. We have some serious unlearning, relearning, de-learning <laughs> to do. And God will always want to start with us from the point zero. And it is very important that if we need to work with God, we will need to start from zero. That is why having a broken and a contrite heart cannot be compromised, cannot be negotiated in our working with the Father. And then last week, we looked at the fact that if you need to work with God, you need to be open and honest. He says that in 1 John 5, 1 John 1 verse 5, that walk in the light as he is in the light and you have fellowship with one another. He says that God is in the light. So if you need to walk with this God, come to the light. And in the light, there's no hiding. 
There is no play acting. There's no secrecy. There's no shadows. There's nothing but openness and cleanness. That is why Jesus or God likes to ask questions when he meets people. He asks Adam, Adam, where are you? He asks the serpent, what have you done? He asks Cain, um, where is your brother? He asks the prophets, what do you see? God is constantly asking questions, not because he doesn't know the answer, because he's vetting you to see if you are honest and open. It's like a CEO who has found out that his, an employer is cheating him or he's doing something he should not do. Most good CEOs will first have a discussion with you and ask you, oh, what's happening here? The numbers, they are not adding up. It's not as though they are not, they are not caught you or they are not or they are ignorant of what's going on, but they want to give you a chance to see your openness and your plainness. And a number of people have failed this test in life. Sometimes they knew they have not done anything wrong, but maybe the tax was just insurmountable for them. And instead of them to be plain and open about what actually happened, they want to cover it up with explanation. And for those who are educated and intellectual, they want to use big English and terminologies to confuse the CEO, forgetting that a CEO is who he is because of who he is or who she is. It takes openness and plainness to have any kind of meaningful relationship with anybody, including God. And tonight we are continuing our discussion with God through the pages of scripture. And we are looking at the next thing you need to have and the next thing you need to do and the next thing you need to become if you would walk with the Father. Hebrews 11, it says, I'm reading from the NLT version. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through faith, the people in the days, in the days of old earned a good reputation. We understand that the entire universe was formed by God's command. That that what we know, that what we now see, did not end, did not come from anything that can be seen. I like this statement so much because this statement solves the issues that biologists have been trying to answer for years and decades: the origin of life. I mean, so many times somebody came up with the theory of spontaneous regeneration, that living things came out of non-living things because the person observed maggots coming out from meat. And that was disproved. And I think the trending one is the Big Bang Theory. That says that the world was once a primordial soup because uh, what a meteorite hit the earth and there was a hyperdermal vent and there was um, the phospholipid layers forming a membrane around the genetic material. Then it needed to develop the mechanism of polymerization that is forming bigger molecules from smaller. Oh my God. But the answer or the right of Hebrews tells us that the origin of all that we see today is an unseen source. But that's not what we are looking at today. Verse 4. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God. The King James said that it was by faith Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. So not every sacrifice be sacrifice. We have more excellent sacrifice. Wow. And Abel's offering gave him evidence that he was a righteous man. Your offering can give you evidence that you are a man who is righteous. And God showed his approval of its gifts. Even though Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Ha! But let's go, let's go. Now let's look at verse 5. The Jews for tonight. It says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. Before he was taken up, he was known to be a person who pleased God. That is very interesting because in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22 to 24, all that the writer gave us about Enoch was that he worked with God and he was giving birth to sons and daughters. 
That's what he was doing for years and years and years. But Hebrews is breaking down what's that working with God meant. And he said that he was pleasing God. So every day of Enoch's life, he was a sweet savor, sweet aroma to God. He was a constant pleaser of God. So to walk with God is to agree with God. To agree with God, according to Amos 3 verse 3, is to please God. So walking with God deals with two things, agreeing with God and pleasing God. And look at what the verse 6 says. It says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Because anybody that comes to the Father must believe that God exists, one, and two, is a reward of those who sincerely seek Him. But he's breaking up, he's breaking up what that faith means in relation to God. It means that having an unwavering conviction that God exists and two, he will reward you. This is fantastic. This is amazing. And you see, sorry to the ladies, but yet again, another football example. I think I was, I don't know, I think I was listening to a player. I think Cesc Fabregas is uh, retired. Um, I think one day, I'm not sure if it's him, but if my memory says me correct, he was one day asked about why he made a switch from, I think, Arsenal to Chelsea. And he said that one day Moino called him and Moino put out his first 11. Broke by his ear, this is here, this is here. And he told him that there's this position that is empty and you are the one I need here. Immediately you come here, we will win the league. And true to Jose Moino's words, when he made that switch, they won the league. So what made Fabregas pleasing to Moino? Fabregas knew that Moreno existed as a good coach. He had proven it time and time again. He had won a Champions League with a team nobody expected. And he did not just know that Moreno was a good coach. He knew that Moreno could deliver on his word. And true to his word, when he joined the team, they were like a, a, a perfect puzzle. And so it takes working with the Father. To please the Father, it means that you have no thoughts whatsoever against the existence of God and not just his existence but his benevolence and his justice in the sense that he would reward you for what you are seeking for. So he said he that comes to the Father must believe that he is. So it takes faith to come to God. It takes faith to walk with God. Three times we have been told in Habakkuk, in Galatians and I think in Romans that we walk by faith. You walk with God by faith. So it does not just take faith to come to God, but it takes faith to work with God. And the writer of Hebrews have done as a great service by breaking down what it means to come to God. It simply means to have an undoubting persuasion that God exists, that God will reward you. That's why James 1 tells that any man who is double-minded, let not this man think he will receive anything from God. A double-mindedness kills faith. That is why whenever somebody in the days of Jesus did something extraordinary, Jesus would look and say, I have not seen such faith before. Because this centurion will come and say, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. This guy was so convinced that Jesus doesn't just exist as a Messiah, but that he will reward him for his diligence in searching him. And he looked at this centurion and said, I have not seen something. The same thing happened when Jesus was in the house and he was preaching. And four friends opened the roof of a house and dropped down their friend. And that was the end when Jesus saw their feet. He saw the way they were convinced and they were persuaded that this man Jesus will heal. And not just heal, he will look at the efforts that we need to find him out and he will heal them. That is what faith is. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. She was so convinced that she doesn't need to have an interaction with Jesus. All she needed to do was to touch the hem of of his garment and she will be 
made whole. She was convinced that Jesus is a healer and that her reward in seeking Jesus and seeking to touch the hem of his garment was all that she needed to get a healing. And true to God, she got it. To walk with God is to walk by faith is to walk with an unwavering conviction. You are not limping between two, whether God is or God doesn't is, <laughs> or God doesn't exist. You are not working with an unwavering option, whether God will reward me or God will not reward me. You have no doubts about the existence and the generosity of God. And when these two things are consolidated in your heart, they will produce a reaction that Peter said, that master, just because you have said so, so even though they have been they have had experience of decades in fishing and they know how to read the seasons, the weather, the climate, everything, and they had gone fishing all night when they were supposed to get fish and they had no fish. And if you are not getting fish at the time when the fish is supposed to be around, how much more at the time when the fish are not around? But Peter said, just because you say so. I like this is my definition of faith. Doing things just because God says so. And the only reason why you'd be so convinced about doing this thing is because you are convinced that God is and He is a rewarder. Kill double-mindedness if you need to work with God. Kill second-guessing God if you would have to work with God. Kill doubt if you would have to work with God. So the only reason why Abraham moved was because God says, leave your country. The only reason why Noah built an ark for days without any sign of rain and the mockery and the intimidation all around him was simply because God said so. The reason why Sarah was convinced even though she knew her womb was non-existent and she even laughed was because she later became convinced and that he judged him faithful that he was able to do. The reason why the Israelites walk around the wall of Jericho demonstrating great faith is because they know that the God who parted the Red Sea for them is saying that walk around Jericho seven days. And it will take faith to do something. It will take faith to do something that you will naturally not do. So as I gave the football example, it will take some un it takes some feet for a player to move from Arsenal to Chelsea during those times. Playing for a, an established manager, um, football manager in the present as a winger. But when Fabregas listened to the convincing raps of Jose Mourinho, the only reason why he moved, and you, you hear so many footballers say that the reason why they moved was because the coach called them. And the coach said, if you come to this team, you will fill this hole. You will do this, you will do that. Sometimes, and I said, because I also like to go, sometimes you may go, the first two, three, four matches, you won't get the results you need or you are expecting. But if you believe in the coach and his tactics, you just keep sticking to it. And it's only a matter of time. And there's another famous example of a coach called Antonio Conte. When he came to Chelsea, he tried to play his football. And for the first few matches, Chelsea was just embarrassed. But the players, he was able to convince the players that I have used this before and it has worked. And in that same season, they won the league in an amazing fashion. That's what faith is. Playing a certain way because the coach says so. If you have to work with God, you have to do many crazy things and crazy years in context. <laughs> it's in the context of the, the boundary of the word of God. Don't go and do stupid things, but crazy things <laughs> because God says so. It's amazing. 
And you see, with time, as you begin to deal with God, and you begin to realize that I forgive this person because God says so. I do not allow myself to become evil, um, overcome with evil, but I overcame evil with good because says so. I let go of that bitterness because God says so. I live at peace with all men because God says so. I'm honest with my boss because God says so. I'm honest with my employers because God says so. I do not try to tell lies because with time you begin to realize that now it really works. You begin to run and know with her. You know, it's like, I, I don't know, but it's like, I, I feel like I've watched a movie like this, where maybe a senior person, uh, like maybe, let me imagine a senior musician, um, a magician, found a small boy and went to train him. And you know, initially the person will be like, who are you? Maybe imagine somebody who used to be great in something. Let me just say magic. And maybe because of one or two things, he was not able to come to the spotlight. And he gets this small guy to train this guy and inside the girl will be full of doubts that you who are you but after the master has been able to prove in few occasions that my my tricks actually work you will see that now the boy or the servant has an unwavering trust in the master so maybe he's a, a football player or a chess player maybe something i don't know which move but i'm sure there's a movie like that where somebody just believed their master maybe karate and you will realize that this person will begin to do things maybe the coach maybe it's a boxing movie and the coach will tell you that bend like this and throw the points like this you realize that the guy may not really understand what he's doing but just because his coach has said so he's doing it and you will get the result because with time you will learn to trust god with time you will learn that if god says don't it is good that you don't if god says do it is good that you do it's amazing that it will take faith to walk with god because you know that god is and he's a reward he's always right and I like the way Hebrews 11.26 puts it. Because working with God, there's a pictorial view of what it means to work with God. And I want to read that one from, from the King James Version. I like the way the King James renders this version. It gives a nice picture of what it means to work by faith. It says, by faith, he left Egypt, referring to Moses, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Walking by faith and walking with God is like as though you are seeing an invisible person. Nobody else is seeing that person. But there's an invisible person that you know is working with you. As I said, imagine a boxer who has a coach beside him. And everybody's expecting that he's supposed to throw a punch maybe with the right. And maybe do a particular skill or do something. But nobody has received the instructions that the master gave to their boy. So everybody will be looking on like, why is this guy throwing the punch on the left or doing this thing? It's because he's living as though he's seen an invisible person. And working with God is like that. Because you have circumstances, things, people around you saying that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You have people giving you explanation that my friend, if you depend on this salary, you are not going to make it. At corners here, cheat your boss here because your boss is doing this and doing that and doing that. But you are living as though you are seeing the invisible. It's like you have been hypnotized. That's what it means to walk by faith. God literally hypnotizes you with his word where you are convinced beyond all doubt that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that's how it means or that's how it looks like when you are walking by faith. So you are doing good to all people knowing that in due season you will receive your reward if you faint not you are consistent in prayer i know one day a friend was telling me that Charlie, he went for prayer meeting and the person in the prayers was like let's pray for ghana let's pray for our country and then one of the guys was like Charlie, prayer warrior this country let's give up on the country because we have been praying for the country for years and the guy was like as long as jesus says pray without season 
as long as Jesus says that men always ought to pray and never get discouraged, we are praying. So everybody will wonder, why are you praying? It takes faith to continue in prayer. That is why after he talked about prayer, he said that when the Son of Man comes, we still find faith because praying requires faith. Reading the Word requires faith. Being committed to church requires faith. Loving the unlovable requires faith. Loving the ungrateful requires faith. And that's what it means to walk with God. So everybody, your family asks you, why do you still pray? Why do you still do this? Look at you, applied for that job. You did not get that job and yet you are still praying. Can't you see that prayer cannot solve the issue? But you're consistent in prayer. It's because you have faith that the one who says pray without ceasing, he exists and is going to reward your diligence. So I'm telling you, pray again. Especially me, I'm, I'm frustrated about <laughs> my beloved country. And every time I'm praying about my beloved, it's like as, as though I'm speaking into the air. But I continue because God has said that pray for the prosperity of the land where you find yourself. For in her prosperity, you will prosper. And the reason why I try my best to do that is because I have faith in the one who says so. If I look at the things happening, I will not be praying. If I look at the things happening, I will not be giving. I need to save money. You understand? But I look at the fact that the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. So why am I giving? It's because his word says so. And as you continue to do acts of faith, you continue to put a smile on God's face. You continue to walk with God. And that's what Enoch was doing for all his time on earth. And God was like, you know what? This guy is too good for the earth. Let him come and sit by my side in heaven. For he pleased God. For he was not. For God has taken him. Faith and walking by faith is simply making choices purely based on the word of God. Why are you loving your wife instead of loving other women? Instead of loving football? Instead of loving gambling? Instead of loving your friends? It's because God says so. Die your husband. Because the word of God says wives submit to your husbands why are you not paying back evil for evil because the word of god says do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good why are you reading your bible because the word of god says let the word of god dwell in you richly and why do you keep going to church because the word of god says why do you keep loving people because jesus said that love your enemies and do good to those who harm why did moses take the decision he did because he considered reproach with Christ better glory or better riches. I just recently found out something reading about my family have been accused of trying to rape the Minister of Defense's wife. And he saw uh, and the beggar sad and he asked them, Why are you sad? That is quite amazing. That somebody, Uncle, me and you, we have been in this prison for a while. They're always cheerful. Joseph was so convinced and they were going like, I dreamed the dream. So Joseph was living in a certain calmness, regardless of the situation, because he was seeing. Moses was bold enough to face full because he was sent by the invisible. Enoch was bold enough to keep, Noah was bold enough to keep hitting nail on wood, nail on wood, preaching righteousness. A flood is coming, a flood is coming because he saw the invisible. Hebrews 11, 27. By faith, he left Egypt, not to be afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. To so walk by faith is to endure contrary physical evidence based on the fact that God says so. And the thing about faith is that most of us, it's like faith is our secret weapon that we keep under our suitcases waiting for trouble to arise. When we need a miracle, when we need that breakthrough, then we pull out our faith. But the Bible says that we walk by faith. 
Faith is a shoe you need for your daily movement, not a coat you wear for your wedding. So most of us, we think that when we say, oh, when we need faith, it's because you are coming to deal with some mysterious, some boss bees worrying your life, you want to remove out of the way, or there's a contract coming and you need favor. Your everyday living should be by faith. Your everyday choices should be birthed from the point that God says so. To walk by faith is to be walking with an invisible person who you know is and he is a rewarder. And as simple as this may sound to some of us, this is what the guy with the one talent did not know. So when the master came back and the master asked him that, ah, the guy with the five talents, he brought back five. The guy with the two talents, he brought back two. The guy with the one talent, he said, I know you are a hard man. You reap where you have not sown. I know you are a cheat. I know you are not a rewarder. I know if I work for you, I won't get anything because you you like taking things that you have not invested in. So you they take back your one talent. And for many of us, the reason why we find it so difficult to commit our ways to the word of God is because we think God is hiding something good from you. We think God is robbing you. When God says give, when God says be honest in your work, when God says work hard because the diligent hand shall rule, you are telling God, my friend, I know people who have been cheating in companies, who have been doing this and doing that. They don't work the way I do. Yes, they have that money because you feel as though God is robbing you. God is not a rewarder. You feel as though if you live a righteous life, you won't get that message right. But you know people who have been playing the buffoonery and they marry that amazingly gorgeous, beautiful, and whatever, sanctimonious, virtuous woman. And you look at yourself and say, no, I also need to play around. After all, how you know a car is good if you don't test it? Are you a philosopher? You salute. <laughs> you salute your philosophy. It's because many of us, we have not embedded in our hearts the unconvincing, we have not embedded in our hearts the truth that God is and he will reward you for doing things just because he says so. Peter saw this firsthand after Peter casted his net on the side that Jesus told him to and he caught a great harvest. The Bible said that he didn't even focus on the fish. He ran to the master and he was even naked. He ran and said, ah, master, I am a sinner. <laughs> he, he just knew that he, he had sinned. <laughs> oh, mercy. When he knew the harvest, he said, no, this harvest I've got, it must be called. I don't want to use this word, but try God. Try working by faith. Try to do things just because the word of God says so. Because most especially, it will be things contrary to your opinion about life, contrary to sculpture, to standard. That's what I said. The spirit and the flesh are always warring against each other. They are always warring. Like you want to hold on to that grudge. You want to pay back that person. But the spirit is saying, let's go. Revenge is the Lord. The spirit is saying that, not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And by so doing, you hit coals of fire. Say, no, 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 me, I want to put the coals of fire on, on the person's head. The person is saying that, do not kill God's anointed, but you are a David, and you are seeing a demon possessed soul chasing you my life, my friend. This Lord, this David, this soul must die. But God is saying, vengeance is mine. Some of us, we are trying so hard, but God is saying, come outside. Come on, take, come outside. Come outside. Look at the birds in the sky. Look at the flowers in the in the field. Nobody ever sees them in their lifetime. But God constantly ensures that even though they live for a moment and nobody ever sees them, they're always looking fresh and dapper. I will not forsake you. But you need faith to walk with me. It's like stepping into a water without seeing that there's a, a canoe or there's something under the water. But you are stepping into the water purely on the fact that the master says, come. 
So when Peter was walking on the water, he was literally walking on the words of Jesus that said, come. But when Peter took his focus of the word of God, that said, come. And he began to notice the contrary winds. He began to sing. And the reason why many of us cannot walk with God, and the reason why many of us are not walking with God, is because we are taking notice of the wind. We are looking at the economic wind that is blowing. We are looking at the relationship wind as they see that there are no more good men in wherever city you live in. So you think that the only way is to also join everybody and play around and fool around and cheat around. Be cheating will become a confident risker. Be, be lying and oh mercy. While they are sitting behind someone <laughs> in the public transport. And I saw this guy with like three messaging apps. Chatting with three different, then you tell what well, person A this, then you switch to this app, then tell person B this, and you switch. I said, hey, without enjoying the conversation, I was just smiling that, oh God, help us, help us. And we take it, and we said, oh, God help us. Help us to live by faith. Help us to do things just because you say so. Knowing this, that you are a rewarder, that you exist, that you are a rewarder. So to work with God, is to have a broken and a contrite heart. To walk with God is to be open and plain. No play acting before God. No fakeness. No pretense. No hiding. No being diplomatic. To walk with God is to live enduring as seeing the invisible. That is why the three Hebrew boys could tell the great king that, oh king, oh king, oh king, oh king, we cannot bow down. Because I know everybody's seen a nine-foot-tall statue, but we are seeing the invisible. And it took the three Hebrew boys to enter their fire. Before now, the king himself could also see the fourth man. And I like the way one of the visitors, and the king got up from his seat and was trying to rub his eyes to look. Ah, didn't I put three people? How come I am seeing four? The fourth man has always been there. Ah, mercy. The fourth man has always been there. Like God is telling somebody that the fourth man is always with you. But the reason why you are not walking with him is because you are not recognizing that he exists and that he's going to reward you. The fourth man is with you. We want to just spend some time in prayer, asking God for his help to work with him. We know we need a broken and a contrite heart. We need to be open. We need faith because we walk by faith. We live by faith. We breathe by faith. We exist by faith. We exist by the very words that proceed out of the mouth of God. Even though our body exists by the bread that we feed on, our spirit exists by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Father, help us to endure as seeing him who is invisible. Help us to endure, endure the financial state we are in as seeing him who is invisible. Endure the marital state we are in as seeing him who is invisible. Endure the friendship state we are in, the pain we are going through because people are taking, people are being ungrateful, but we are still doing good. Endure the pain of constantly praying, constantly fellowshipping, constantly not forsaking the gathering together of the saints, constantly investing in the building of our spirit. Even though sometimes we feel weary, we feel worn out, Lord, help us to walk with you. Help us to have the testimony of Enoch that we are seeking to please you because every day we agree with you. Every time we agree with you, we are putting a smile on your face. Lord, give us the grace to put a smile on your face. In the name of Jesus, give us the help to put a smile on your face. Strengthen us, Lord, to put a smile on your face. Strengthen us to endure the sufferings as Moses did because we count you greater riches than that in Egypt in the name of our Lord Jesus we pray for the boldness to accept your word
word that as Peter said, just because you have said so, we will also move. Give us the grace that when we are doing things and people ask, they don't know we are seeing the fourth man. And all that we can say is just because he says so. Why are you being faithful just because he says so? Why are you not cheating our boss just because he says so? Why are we loving just because he says so? Why are we praying just because he says so? Why are we taking these decisions in life because he says so? And our whole ambition is to put a smile on your face. Help us to constantly live in that consciousness that you exist and that you are a rewarder. That you exist and that you are a rewarder. And that you exist and that you are a rewarder. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for having a discussion with us through the pages of your word. We thank you that in this year, we will never lose our job. That 2023 is still a good year for us. That we are looking on the God of the 11th hour, the God of generosity to come through for us. Come through for every partaker of Renew Your Mind podcast. Make a way for us in the name of Jesus. Fill our mouth with laughter in the remaining months ahead and grace us with the opportunity to see 2024 in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. We thank God for this opportunity. We share fellowship with Him again in this world. We appreciate your presence both on the Telegram channel and all the podcast platforms. We want to encourage you that just because He says so, you know what is He saying? Share God's word with other people, invite other people. Today, we are here every Friday, a new episode is released on all the platforms. Invite your friends, be committed to it, continue daring and listen. Just until I can Paul to Timothy, continue today, giving yourself to the reading, the preaching, and the listening of his word. Thank you for being for us all. Thank you for being with us for more than three years. We are believing God for more grace to continue till the end. See you next week. And remember, we are still giving God our best. And we are owing no man nothing but love. See you next week. And bye-bye.